Welcome back to the AFLW Fantasy Podcast with your host, Michael. And today I'm here with two titans of the fantasy industry. I've got the goat, Selby. Selby, how are you going? Michael, how are you, mate? I'm great. And uh, we're also joined by the Warn Dog, Warnie. Hey, how are we going? Excited to be here. Fresh face in the uh, the W Fantasy world. Uh, definitely. I uh, very I dipped my toes in last year in the sense of registering. Just have a look at it, I suppose, to see the great work of uh, Sylvie and his awesome team. And then, um, yeah, pretty much the feet were up after that. Mate, you say fresh face. We've got the benefit of seeing the vision here. <laughs> the back of that four-day bender he had in Melbourne. It's looking That's sharp right. and fresh. I'll board you today. I'll give you that tip. Very not fresh. We uh, had, yes, and had an extra 24 hours in Melbourne as well because our flight got cancelled. So um, in saying that, though, I think I was asleep by about 9.30 last night. So uh, as opposed to the uh, the AMs for the, the three or four days before that. Yeah, I think the uh, the listeners might show a bit of extra appreciation today because you've only just flown back in from Melbourne today. So um, it's a good effort to be here after, what, like 10 months of content in the men's comp? Yeah, it is. It's a big season for us. We start in, um, well, yeah, we pretty much start in December, start of December, and uh, it's pretty constant from then all the way through till now. So it was quite nice to uh, hit stop on the recording on on Monday of our last podcast for the season. A couple more little things to do. Um, we'll get a bit of a, a piece up with um, the winner from last year. So we'll see, oh, this year, I shouldn't say last year. From this year, I'm already putting last year in the back of my uh, back of my head. But, um, yeah, we'll see what we get out of that, which will be nice. So it's been an awesome season. We've been pretty stoked with um, how things went. Like, it was a huge finish there for, for the top two coaches in mm-hmm. AFL Fantasy Classic. So, um, yeah, some cool things to get out of that. And we're excited about seeing um, how that all, well, how it all went. So we'll hear some stories from that, I'm sure. Yeah, only one of us, I think, on this call can uh, relate to that. <laughs> yeah, geez, I, I mentioned it before. I told you, like, the stress of that last round, round 23 stress, particularly when it gets tight, you can't, like, it's a feeling you've never felt before. And I mentioned it to him, you wouldn't wish on your own worst enemy. It's obviously worth it in the end and get the car, he's drive that Hilux. It's all good fun. But uh, that's part of the hesitation with AFLW. Hopefully, no one feels the stress there, but I think it's a, it's a different kettle of fish here with the nature of this comp. Yeah, I mean, that's why I've intentionally never finished in the top 100. I just don't want to deal with the stress <laughs> of it. Um, but no, so today I thought we could, Warnie being a bit fresh at it all, we could, uh, maybe you could ask a few questions, Warnie, and we could have Selby here answering for you as far as what the differences are between the AFL Fantasy and AFLW Fantasy, and we can go from there. Yeah, well, I guess the simple thing is, like we're loading up, it's uh, a little bit of a different structure with numbers. Um, is that sort of to match the uh, well, what the women's comp looks like, the real thing? Yeah, and it made a lot of our philosophies have taken straight from, we all pretend you make the game, the AFL fans, <laughs> which I think you do press a big red button at the end of the day. But in terms of trying to mimic firstly salary cap with that of the official uh, AFLW Fantasy Cup. I know you do that in the men's comp. Supercoach don't do that. I think they just run a, a flat 10 mil salary cap for there. So like you guys, try to liken as much to the real life thing as possible. And then yeah, in terms of field play, in terms of, yeah, five defenders, five forwards, the midfielders, the ruck, and then there's five on the bench as well. So that gives, gives the different size squad to that of a... Uh, the AFL men's and yeah, we mimic that in terms of positions on field. The difference we do 
in terms of structure is that the interchange uh, own, aren't counted. They're essentially your emergency. So only players on your field, your, your five defenders, five forwards, five mids and one ruckman count. And then you've got yourself a player from each position, defender, mid, ruck, forward on your bench. And they're automatic emergencies. You don't have to set an emergency. If if someone were not to play in a particular line, you then get that automatic score. And then the fifth player on the bench is a utility position. So similar-ish to that of the AFL men's where they can be selected from any position or under the utility position, but they don't fill in as an emergency unless also your interchange player in that corresponding position also doesn't play. So for example, if, a defender doesn't play and then your defender interchange doesn't play, then you get that utility bench spots score regardless of the position of the utility. So they could be a forward, a mid, a ruckman. You'll get their score. Obviously, you can only use that utility score once, but that's a little quirk in the game. You've kind of got a backup emergency rather than the men's. You've got two options in each line for emergencies. You've got to select between one. If one doesn't play, then your staff, whereas here, you almost have two, two emergencies. And that utility almost plays that wicketkeeper role. Nice. So all of those uh, positions then, did you guys make those yourself or are you pulling that from some champion data or a mix of both? Yeah, mix of both. A uh, bit of champion data, bit of new draftees. And a lot of it is you have to Google the players, try <laughs> to find out what they are. And given that none of them are full-time athletes, quite often their LinkedIn profile just pops up and it's, it's hard to – you type in position, it pops up saying like senior investment advisor or whatever they are. Uh, so it takes a bit of digging to find their actual positions, which is kind of the charm of the game. And last year, I dare say there's a fair few because I'll put my hand up too. I'm very fresh face come AFLW uh, women's comp. I don't really know much about the players themselves except for the the marquee players. So last year, there might've been a few out of position. This year, we've had a bit of help from the good guys here at the AFLW Fantasy Pod helped oversee some of that. And then also the other great podcast out there. Oh, sorry, I've completely forgotten what they're called. Is it Free Kick Podcast? That's the one. Yeah, the legends there, uh, they also, who are pretty on the ball, they run their eyes over it to make sure it all checked out. We also crossed it with, because we got centre bounce, not centre bounce attendances, we've got centre clearances and a few stats which we could kind of override and, and make sure that we've got midfielders in the midfield and, and defenders in the defence and end up spitting out a decent uh, mix of, of players and hopefully enough for someone to be able to field a, a decent side. Are you going to stress yourself out by adding positions during the season? Certainly not doing that, nor <laughs> DPP. So with that utility position, some players – users last year were actually using it as a bit of a loophole because there weren't many good ruckmen, ruck women or rucks, I think they call them. So what people would do would play a non-playing ruck at basement price and then their ruck on the bench would be a non-playing ruck basement price, which then meant their utility might be a midfielder. You'd get that score. But that runs a lot of risk. One, you're holding in a pretty small squad, unlike the squad of 30 and the men, you're 26. Uh, sorry, 23 players, you're losing two spots for potential cash generation. Plus, if one of these non-playing ruckmen all of a sudden get a gig, then you've got a real low score of basement stuck on your ground and having to get their score. So there's certainly risks attached with using that loophole, but that's the one loophole in the game. 
That actually takes me back to about 2006. I remember, um, yeah, a similar rule was sort of there with the emergency. And I remember having Ben Cousins on my bench and was able to take him as like my, well, back in the day, I think it was only six midfielders. I think we had, um, yeah, more defenders. I can't remember. What would have that been? need to do the maths myself on that, working that out. Um, anyway, we had, um, you were able to do that. So you'd, you'd take a donut somewhere on field to be able to take Ben Cousins off your bench. So yeah. I remember working with that one at the time, but that, well, that does obviously come with risk. So I think it's better to play the straight bat because I guess cash generation is still important in this game. Like it would be, I'm going to go through the, um, I'm going to use the same philosophies. I assume being a salary cap game, players go up in price, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and similar to the fancy game where they move from game one. So unlike, old school dream team or old school super coach where it's a three game until their, their prices start moving. They move from game one. And in terms of what's built into that price, AFL men's fancy, they use a five game weighted rolling average built into their price. So what you scored four games back still counts in terms of average to generate what their break even is going to be and what they move. This one's a three game rolling average, which brings about higher uh, price movements because it's only a 10 round season. You want to be able to fast track that cash generation to be able to get those rookies off your field and, and upgrade Albeit you've, you've less players in the field, which means you should have less rookies. So you should be able to do that upgrading, but it's made uh, the, yeah, the price movements are a little bit more significant to that of men's fancy because yeah, there's only the 10 rounds for you to hopefully get rid of those rookies and, and get a team full of premiums. So has anything of that changed from last year? Like, have you tweaked some things, whether that's the starting prices and magic number to have a bit of a crack with that? Or, or do you think you guys nailed it last year? Uh, we, when I say we, a lot of this is the wonksters work. And what She's was changed <laughs> was the, uh, the salary cap. So that's bumped up to over 1.38 mil. Uh, last year was $700,000. So that's almost a double salary cap. And that emulates what happened with the, with the AFLW CBA, but in terms of, yeah, the pricing for the only thing which changed last year, we didn't have a floor price. The abasement price rookies, I believe they were somewhere like 14 grand last year. If they scored less than they were priced at, which some of them spat out like a 10 or 11, <laughs> they mm. could actually go below the basement price. I loved that. When you think about uh, AFL men, say 190K rookies, all of a sudden if you get a few subs come on and they start going down like, who was that player who kept getting his uh, low scores this year? We're, we're speaking, you were speaking about a bit on the podcast this year, but he could all of a sudden be worth 100K. And when it comes to late season downgrade, upgrade, and trying to get as much bang for your buck in that downgrade as possible, it became a bit of, a, again, a bit of a loophole. This year, we've added the floor. So that basement price, they can't go lower than that basement price. Other than that, most of the pricing form has remained the same. We had the survey at the end of the year. It's funny, some... People said they thought price movements happened too quickly and they weren't able to catch on those good players. They got away from too quickly. Others said they thought price movements happened a bit too slow and they thought there'd be more generation. So that kind of spat out to us that it seemed to be somewhere in the middle. And we just did the bit of a benchmark, like look what Georgie Prasparkas, who was the best rookie last year, what she went up in her first game when she scored a decent score and then looked at last year. I think it was Errol Goulden from... 
uh, Swans, his round one, he was a rookie who put out the big score and they kind of went up in terms of percentage of their price, very similar. The fact that one of them was worth 19K and went up to 23K, it looked like they didn't move up much, but as a percentage-wise, it was very similar to that of the proven men's comp. Nice. And then I guess the other thing to look at, I've seen that I'm getting three trades per week. So, um, yeah, use them or lose them, I assume. Yeah, three trades, lose or use, which it gives a lot of flexibility, particularly with a 21-person squad and uh, the 16 on the field. So you can do a fair bit of tweaking throughout the season. And the way the fixturing works, 10 rounds, 18 clubs, not everyone plays each other once. So we saw with the expansion teams and the new teams that come in recently, players like West Coast, they or teams like West Coast, they give up a lot more than others. So you can also use those trades, particularly back into the year, just to focus on matchups and who's coming up against those teams. Am I going to see a scale of hardness from uh, Selby from the Magic Up? Yeah, the old uh, scale of hardness is there. So with that too, with the trades, a lot of it was brought about. We this launched last year. I think their round one game was January six, which was almost the peak COVID time. In, uh, in Australia. So a lot of it was to help with that. And we do fixed lockouts here. So we'll talk about what's going to happen in round one first here when squads are known. But teams aren't announced until 24 hours before their game. So we won't know Sunday teams until Saturday night, whereas we lock out, say, a Thursday if it's a Thursday game or a Friday. So a lot of teams aren't known. Hence why we've got the flexibility with that utility positions. So you basically got a double backup emergency in each position to help you with that if you do have a lot of laid outs or if COVID comes through, but then it comes the next week, you got three trades to rectify that. So a lot of that was built into it to knowing that. We'd obviously love to have a lot rolling lockout. There's positives and negatives with it. We've made the decision that we think that it's it's not worth it and with round one, with the expansion teams coming in, it's going to be tricky not knowing what their lineup's going to look like. So can't give any promises, but we're working hard to try to have round one rolling lockout. So at least everyone knows each squad before round one. And then from then on, it's a bit of a hope for the best, which we saw last year. There was pretty consistent amongst the board. We didn't see mass changes amongst teams. Fix lockout. I like it. It's a good thing. It'll be good for my head playing it this year as well, just to uh, lock it in. And uh, fingers crossed, I I would think that it's going to be like the AFL men's season then, that I don't think we're going to see any of those changes of games like you did last year, which I'm sure uh, if you're... Your follicles on your head look like mine, Selby, rather than having the nice, thick, lush hair that you have. You would have lost a few, I reckon, over some of those uh, late changes of games and and knocking them out. Yeah, that's hence why I've got the hat on my head at the moment. One to promote the the nice hats, which got another thing we've stolen off the concept. One of the best things I've seen come through the fantasy comp in the last uh, 10 years is that introduction of the top 100 caps. So wearing one of them at the minute, mind you, I didn't get top 100 in there. But yeah, there was the stress of the abandoned games and player averages given and all this sort of stuff. And I, I mentioned at the start that we we came out to do this as a bit of a service to the community. The Wongster, who's the mastermind behind a lot of the price changes, the movements, and the background, it was her vision to get this off the ground, AFLW Fantasy. She does a heap of work for me, for the Marooners Magic site, data scientist. She's a, a superstar, and a lot of it is, well, Zade likes to call it FOC, free of charge. Doesn't accept anything. I've offered her stuff and maybe a free membership here and there, but 
Uh, the one thing she did want was to help create this and get this off the ground because she's passionate about women's sports. So she was a helper. We thought we'd be able to put this together, press a button like you like to do, the big red button and it runs itself. But, geez, it had uh, issue after issue after issue and COVID delayed games was just, just one of those minor things. So hopefully we're better prepped this year to have a smooth sailing season. So those abusive messages that all those people send for uh, things going wrong, you've got a bit of a good idea that um... – a fair bit can go wrong. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I certainly don't oh, envy you guys, and particularly that the one you've got the sheer volume, 130,000 people, the passion amongst it. I think last year, and that's what I mentioned, with the, the, the bit less stress with the AFLW fans, the fact it's a new concept, people are pretty, knowing that we're doing it, doing our best to try to make it run as smoothly as possible, they're all pretty forgiving and and very thankful for that the support for that so hopefully it's a bit more smooth this year and we'll see how we go you're a nicer guy than me as well i think that's important too (laughs) everyone finds me an easy target to have a crack at less people get called peanuts in this in this world i think (laughs) that's good i'm going to enjoy this community then uh and how have the numbers been selby so um i'm not sure if you if you know how many coaches ended up signing up last season if there's been much growth this season yeah, there has. We last year, I think we ended up with about eighteen hundred, and that started at about fifteen hundred for round one, and slowly trickled up a little bit throughout the season. We're already at about that figure now, with a couple of days ago. And I remember last year, the, the day of the registration. I'm not sure if Warning sees this with the men's too, but that's when the majority of our people joined last minute to jump on, which certainly tested the server. Uh, so hopefully we do continue to get those numbers trickling in. It was, it was an interesting one, obviously, the two seasons in the one year back-to-back from the AFL fantasy, which I think a lot of people out there would have fantasy fatigue. And so it was hard to know whether people would still be willing to play this because we've got a, a unique group who play this. One, either they love fantasy sport, didn't know much about AFLW, thought they'd give it a crack, which was great. And we got some great messages of people saying that they've watched more AFLW than ever before. They're sitting there watching it with their daughters and that on TV all weekend. And it really got them excited about the game. Then there was those who already love AFLW fancy, AFLW, sorry, didn't know fancy, put a team in for the first time and now love fancy and now playing the men's fancy. There's a bit of a crossover there as well. So it was interesting to see this year, whether we're going to get the same amount of people jump on from the fancy land, given, as I mentioned, like a lot of people, Easily, like you can see why I have fancy fatigue, uh, but numbers suggest otherwise. And hopefully, we're going to continue to build and, and have it a, a nice competitive competition. Now, it's very exciting. Well done, Selby. It's um, one of those things, too, I guess, is um, as a girl dad like yourself, I've got a five and a half year old. And now that the bombers are in as well, it's going to be a nice thing for us to. Um, not that George will be uh, into fantasy football, but I'm sure now it's going to be something that she's going to be excited about because um, she's got Bombers girls running around to watch. And so I think having four more teams in, I think that's going to even bring a, an even greater crew to, to be interested or at least have that passing interest. And fantasy could be that little lure to give it a little bit more. So nice work. And yeah. uh, that uh, for the people that haven't signed up yet, Selby, uh, is there, do you know what the prize pool is going to be yet for this season? Yeah, so in terms of the competition, it's a free competition. Uh, you register very quickly and easily, hopefully in less than a minute. Uh, in terms of prize pool, uh, 
Prowl, happy to announce today that the good guys at Infinite Wealth Australia, Timmy Guest, a legend of the fantasy community, jumped on board as major sponsor this year. So you'll be hearing a lot more about him and from him and what they do and the great things that and the education programs they run out of there. So they've jumped on as major sponsor, which also brings about the prize pool uh, announcement, which this year the prize pool is going to be $5,000 uh, and that's going to be broken down between first, second and third. There's also weekly prizes, which we'll talk about in a minute. But in terms of the prize pool, the winner will get $3,000, second $1,000, third $500. So a bit more of an even spread than last year where I think the winner got 90-odd percent of the prize pool. This one's a bit more... Spread out, so great prize pool. And even looking at the, I don't like having a jab at them, but the the only uh, comp that the AFLW run is the official t- tipping comp, and the prize pool for that's I think two and a half thousand. And there's a hell of a lot more people tipping than there is in the whatever I say eighteen hundred people playing this game. So great chance to win some great cash prizes, and also help yeah get involved in this evolving community. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And um, to help offset that, you have started a bit of a like a, a stats thing for with Magic Up. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so obviously, the the big help is from Infinite Wealth Australia, who helped with that. Obviously, I mentioned before, it's a free competition. It's a bit of fun. That's what's there created to do help enhance. And that's what fantasy sports itself does: enhance people's enjoyment at the best of times. Sometimes it doesn't. But for the sport. Uh, in terms of, so we've run that as a bit of a, a, a service to the community. If you want to help give back to that, there is an option you'll see on the uh, left dial of the menu to magic up. That unlocks a few features. So advanced stats, you'll get access to the trade-ins, trade-outs of each player, the ownership percentages for the top 100 teams, which is always great to track. You know that I love seeing them in the men's. One, to learn for what those good coaches are doing, to know you can try to emulate the sort of players they're doing for success, but also to use a bit of a, a tactic and a ploy tactic to either go for or against what those at the top do. Uh, there's some team stats there. I mentioned before that the 10-round the fixture, it's, it's very heavily weighted towards who's going to have decent matchups. So there's a few extra information there, plus the big thing is just to help support the support the platform so we can continue to improve it and grow it. I, I mentioned before the server got hit last year with the, the sheer number of people, the developer. We use, like it's not like he's an employee, we just pay him as a, as a contract. He's got a whole lot of other clients and jobs and works to do and so it's not that we've got a full-time person on there all the time so he was shocked to know that how fanatical fancy people are that from when teams come out at 5 30 to when bounce down at 7 10 they're all on there at once trying to put their team in so I had a few issues there so really try to boost up that server which hopefully fingers crossed goes okay but if it doesn't like it's not the end of the world you'll get a message which pops up hopefully and this will be the test. That's one of the new things we've implemented rather than just getting the scary error page or pop up with a bit of a note saying, here's the email address. If you if this uh, shutdown's affected any of your trades, just email through your trades. We can put them in manually. It, it all ends up working at the end of the day. So be patient. And, and the best advice is, yeah, get ready early because just in case that influx comes prior to, to lockout. 
I'm having flashbacks to uh, probably about 15 years ago when AFL Fantasy used to, or Dream Team back in the day, used to shut down on a on that first uh, game of the year when it just went absolutely mental. So you're having those same sort of teething things, but I think uh, technology is probably in a better place these days than what it was back then. Oh, touch wood, mate. That's what I <laughs> like. I'm a no, I'm novice. I've got no real idea about what goes on in the back end. Like there's some things I request from the developer thinking that looks so simple and easy and it ends up taking a long time. It's a hard job. Then there's some, some things where I think, oh, gee, this would be a bit hard to implement and I'll just float it by. Oh, yeah, that's easy. And click your fingers and that's already there. So I don't quite get what's happening in the back end. And one of those is the server to, you know, with me, if, if these other sites are running, it's 2022. Too, and if uh yeah the big social media giants all this they're running with billions of people jumping on them surely we could have a couple of fantasy fans try <laughs> to put their trades in on a friday but it doesn't happen as planned as always oh fingers crossed i'm sure it'll be good and uh you mentioned there might be weekly prizes selby weekly prizes that yet to be confirmed the uh amount but with a big announcement round one we've actually got a sponsor it is the aflw fantasy podcast yours truly not yours truly myself but the the one we're speaking on being mickey and uh and baney they've uh that podcast has put up a big prize 500 bucks for the winner of round one so uh if you want any more incentive to jump on have a punt especially this first round who knows what's going to happen and there's a chance to win a a big prize for 500 bucks for round one and i've mentioned before and that's part of the charm of aflw fans is that the men's comp is exciting as it is and i'm I'm the biggest fan of it and and advocate for it but a lot of the systems and processes and there's some great coaches out there and great content out there podcasts articles and i'm one of them myself a lot of the it's hard to find a player who hasn't been identified already or a philosophy or strategy, which hasn't been done. Whereas this one, who knows what is the right strategy? Do you do? And Warney mentioned, is it guns and rookies trying to get the cash generation? Is it doing what I like to do in the men's taking a haircut on the best players, trying to get those mid ranges and hope they get a breakout and go up in cash. But what we saw last year is that those best players, Kiara Bowers, Marinoff, they were just putting up massive scores, one tens, one twenties in shortened game time. And the rookies and the dud, the not dud ones, but the, the lowest scoring ones were scoring sixes, sevens, tens, twelves. So it was hard to know what what sort of strategy. That's kind of the charm. Who knows what it is? So put a team in, even if you don't know AFLW. There's a, a few auto fill teams you can go in there. There's the ownership stats you can jump on player stats and get advice there. There's some great resources. This one's obviously one of them. The free kick pod I mentioned before. Dub, he's going to. A great website there, as are so content starting to come. And uh, who knows, you might be lucky enough to be, be part of this prize pool. And yeah, just on that again, I'm, I have mentioned it. Timmy Guest, Infinite Wealth Australia, is going to not only put up a bit of money, which goes helps us run the comp at the prize pool, but he's also offering a great uh, service to some or to all everyone who does register. And more will come back via email, but you essentially get a free consultation, which is normally worth 300 bucks. He's going to Offer that to anyone who says that they've uh, registered for AFLW to help boost people registering. Registering. Nice, and hopefully that uh, that five hundred dollar prize pool for round one means that people that do have a bit of fantasy fatigue might be inclined to just make a team for round one and try and win that first week. And you know, because I think there's going to be a few people that might be a bit apprehensive just because they don't haven't played it before. And I think once they maybe make a team for round one, they might see how fun it is, and then they might keep going for the rest of the season. That's the hope. I was a bit 
hesitant when you mentioned round one because that's the one I'm a bit worried I'm going to get that influx for lockout and it's going to crash again. But why not? It's the best round to do it, get people in. As you said, they'll hopefully catch the bug, start watching more women's footy, get a uh, idea how great it is, and it rolls from there. As I mentioned, the crossover, yes, it's fatigue, but it's also some uh, – you you yeah, you – be part of a different community. It's a lot easier to finish top 2,000 in this comp because there's only 2,000 of a lot easier to finish top 100 in this comp. So, yeah. Uh, well, I've got I've got one last question for you and then we'll see if one has got nothing for you before you go. Um, just you mentioned how patient some people have been in the community. Um, I know that last season lockout was getting lifted on a Monday or a Tuesday, which would be very foreign to people who are used to playing AFL Fantasy where they make their rage trades within an hour or two of the last game finishing. Um, I, I assume that it's going to be something similar this season. Yeah, I think we've put in there, we, we're going to aim for close of business on the following Monday of each round. Obviously, we'll try to get it done before then, and there's ways to speed it up, and that's a lot of about having the live scoring and live ranking going as the weekend goes. That can't give any promise. I doubt that's going to be ready for round one, but that's something we're going to hope to do as the season goes. The same thing too. It's likely that you might even see your player scores or your team scores during the round until lockout lifts, which I always thought, like, I'm not embarrassed about it, but I was like, oh, God, we've got to be better than this, as I mentioned, 2022, and how good fantasy is, live ranking, refresh. Playing Supercoaches here, that's exactly what they do. There's no live ranking until lockout lifts. There's no live score until lockout. Like, it's 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 that backwards, that, that platform, that made me feel uh, a lot more comfortable with these limitations. But obviously striving to... Have it as as best it can be, but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of learning processes and still improvements to come. And yeah, bear in mind that the the developer, like it's not us with the developers, it's a, a developer who's come weekend work or whatever it is. He's got other stuff. He's got family. Uh, so yeah, please be patient. Hopefully, it all all works out in the end. Great. And uh, Warney, have you got any final questions for Selby before we let him go? Uh, no, I reckon that's it. So I'm excited about uh, putting this team together and seeing if some of the uh, the things I've learnt uh, myself, but also from you over the years, can be put into practice here and, and see if that can work as a strategy. But um, yeah, I've got a few little ideas, so we'll see how we might go head-to-head, Selby, see if we can uh, have a good crack. You'll be playing this one, will you? Yeah, I'll put one in. I reckon you've got me covered here, So especially if you get the extra one-on-one tutorial you're about to get here from Mickey, so... <laughs> Yeah, let's go head to head and we'll think of a uh, a prize pool at the end between us. And uh, I think at the end of the day, we'll both beat Xavier Ellis. That's that's the main thing. Oh, so they have to buy a, um, a, a Grange for you guys to. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for joining us, Selby. Appreciate it, mate. And nah, uh, cheers, good luck. Mate. Good luck with the next couple of days. Matt, thanks a lot for your help, your support, and, and obviously sponsoring that first round. And no problem. Warney too, jumping on off that that big flight. So appreciate your support, and let's uh, fingers crossed things go all right. First round of AFLW Fancy. Good work. Well done. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Selby. So, so. Oh, thanks so much to Selby. That was really good. And thanks to Infinite Wealth for putting up all the the 5K for the prize pool. Uh, did you learn a few things, Warney? Did learn a few things there. It's uh, I think I've I've got my head across. I think how it's going to work. It's probably more now going to be the specifics of even what you learnt from last season and how we apply that and change some things. And one of the things I guess I noticed when I was looking at scores even last year while the games were on is that there was a fair gap between those premiums through to the bottom end. So there might be those few at the top that. Um, 
yeah, like Selby talking there about taking that haircut on those premiums, maybe the real guns and rookies strategy might be definitely in play just because to have those big guns at the top, I think you probably need them. Would that be a, a fair thing yeah, to say? Yeah, so I, I guess the thing to take, what I took out from it was that um, I don't think anyone really knows the one true strategy yet. So uh, Josh and Matt were the two that finished first and second last season. Uh, we had them on the podcast and they went through the whole season and their starting teams with very different strategies. One was Guns and Rooks, one was a bit more mid-priced um, and they finished like 30 points apart at the end of the season. Um, and there's just so many options that I don't think anyone knows the one true formula yet, but you're right, the uh, the Uber premium. So there's a very big gap between the best players out on the ground and the worst players Much as a much bigger gulf than the men's comp just because, uh, as we said, a lot of them are more professional athletes rather than professional footballers. And so the ones that are perfect, you know, that are long-time footballers, they just absolutely dominate, right? Like they just, they they can read the play a lot better. So they're just always in the right spot. Uh, you know, they kind of Dane Swan it up a little bit and they just get the ball from every single one of their teammates. Um, so there's actually quite a big gap even between the primos and the uber primos, like a really big gap between the top few. So obviously there's a captain as well. So yes. yeah, part of your thinking would be at least having one, if not a exactly, couple. Right, exactly of- right. And with no rolling lockout, there's no VC loopholes. That's another nice thing. I wish there was no VC lockout loophole thing yeah. for us going on as and, well. And technically, you could do it round one, but I don't think with a 10-week season, you want to start with um, as a donut on your bench to actually – especially, you'd actually have to start with two donuts, right? Because you would your utility would then cover your donut. So, so in that then, like, obviously, Eddie's trying to um, – you want to fill your squad, your, your full squad, you want that um, picked, but – Cash generation, just as important. Oh, absolutely. Probably more important early on. Um, like, for example, in the men's comp this season, there were people that were willing to get that donut to get a, um, a Nick Martin or a Jack Hayes score in round one. I would not recommend that at all in FLW. The prices jumped so fast. Um, like you said, it's kind of extrapolated into the you know less than half of length season. Uh, those first few weeks, um, as Selby said, where some people, like, they wouldn't start a rookie round one and they just couldn't even get on round two, you know, if they had a big week. So, and I think with three trades a week, you can be a lot more aggressive. So, you can go early on players. So, in that then, so your three trades per week, yep, there'll be the upgrade and downgrade work that you would normally do, but you're more inclined, I guess, to do some sideways trading. And then I suppose now it will be a bit of that fixture analysis to to see where you might make some moves that would yeah. work. Yeah, I guess it depends who you ask. Um, I personally, um, I didn't look at things like fixture chasing until the last few weeks of the season. Um, I think some really astute coaches might look at the, you know, that scale of hardness and say, well, you know, we've got one club that's playing all four expansion teams and one club that's playing one of them. So that might be a way to sort of, you know, if you're trying to torn between two players, which one to pick. Um, but I think early on cash gen is the most important um, apart from having that set and get captain. Cool. Oh, well maybe. So this is how I, I normally pick my team to start with. Do we want to start looking at PU? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. I'm thinking like I always start with who I would call my locks of the, the cheapies, whether that's rookies or those bargain discounted slash those mid prices that you yep. definitely want. I'll always start my side with that before I think about any premiums at all. So is that a good way? That yeah, we yeah, can we can do that. Um, so again, who would you tell me are the, the big dot, well, the, the best ones. The, the ones with the most upside this season. Yeah. Um, that's really tough. Like the, the most people are going guns and rookies. Um, the breakout players are quite hard to pick. Uh, as 
with FLW, because there's only 16 on field uh, and five on the bench instead of 18 on field and four on the bench, there's a f- like a far greater percent of players that are named that actually stay on the bench. So you get some players that will get 30, 40% game time uninjured. Um, so I think it's care- I'm careful not to pick a player that um, just because it's their second or third season um, in the hopes that they get a breakout because if their time on ground stays low, then it's going to be a disaster. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a few mid-prices that people are looking at. Um, the number one and two draft picks from last season were Charlie Robottom and Georgie Prasparkas. Um, They averaged, I think, 68 and 60 last season, which was huge. Um, I know a lot of people are keen on them too for a second-year breakout. Uh, they both had, like, they played, like, 95% CBAs in the preseason games and both looked really hot. So they're both midfielders, but... It's also where like a lot of the value and all the Uber premiums are in the midfield, right? So it's that it's that balancing act from Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, I guess the numbers there too. Obviously, midfielders. Yeah, you've got five of them, which is the same as your defenders and exactly forward. rather That's than a- eight six. So you can't load up on midfielders. So I think for me, um, one of the players I'm most bullish on, who's probably an underpriced premium, would be Tilly Lucas Rod. Um, she was a premium for St Kilda last season. Um, averaged, I think, around 90. And she's moved to Hawthorne. Yep. Um, and she's been given the captaincy at Hawthorne and she, in the preseason games, looked absolutely dominant. So I think she's going to make the step up to an Uber premium this season. Nice. Um, so it could be that sort of haircut player, as we call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And could um, Tilly be a captain option then for fancy, not just for Hawthorne? Oh, that's that's a tough question for me. I She's currently my M2. <clears throat> um, I... I'm tempted to make her my M1. Um, she plays and ex- she plays, I think, Gold Coast round one. She plays an easy team round one. Um, and one of the things to take into consideration this season is that it's been moved to winter. And last season, well, every other season has been played in summer. And mm. so uh, with it's going to actually be the wettest time of the year. And so I think that players that tackle a lot are probably going to have a bit of a bump and players that mark a lot might have a bit of a drop. And uh, she's an absolute... She's a, a bit of a Jack Steele. So oh, right. um, I think... Yeah, I think she... I think she's a good captain option. Um, I don't know how many people would agree with me. <laughs> yeah. What are the um, what are the key stats? And are tackles like one of the tackles the are, are absolute key? Yeah. Um, because the the skills aren't quite up to the same level as the men's comp. There's a lot less chipping around. Um, there's a lot more run and carry. A lot more um, scrimmages. Right. There's a lot of a lot of ball ups. A lot of stoppages. And so players that tackle just dominate. So I think Kiara Bowers was by far the M one last season. Um, she. She opened the season with like a, a 120 and a 154, right? And that's in 15 minute quarters. That's less than COVID quarters. Ridiculous. Right. Like she's like, I think she was something like tw- like 20 points above the next best. Like she just absolutely dominated. Um, and she was averaging, I think, three more tackles a game than any other player in the competition. So players like that um, will do really well. So here's a question then. Yep. Is she too expensive to pick? Because we never usually see someone back it up in. Yeah, I I was really hot on her. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. So is can you see her backing it up? Um, and therefore being that bit of a set and forget captain and M one, or or do you just avoid that because of? 
history that we've yeah. seen elsewhere? <laughs> well, normally I would say yes. So she's been the best fantasy, even before fantasy was a thing. She's been the highest fantasy scoring player in women's comp for several seasons. Um, so I was going to start with her. She did suffer a concussion, though, in the oh. preseason game. So she will be right for round one. Um, but what that's meant is that she hasn't had any contact footy for the last 12 days because um, it was, what, Saturday a week ago. So it's been about 12 days. Um, and so I think she's probably a miss just because with the massive price fluctuations, if she starts just one poor game, if she has like an 80 in round one, she's going to drop like 20, 30% of her price. And that's just going to be an absolute killer. Obviously, on the flip side, if you don't start with her and Sonos does and, you, and they captain her and she gets a 150, that's a lot of points to make up from round one. Mm. Right. Okay. So what I'm thinking is maybe we go just because there's obviously a lot of players to talk about and we don't want to spend four hours yeah. going through all 600 yeah. players. Maybe we go line to line rather yep. than um, – and maybe I can <clears throat> make a few primo suggestions and a few mid-price suggestions and a few rookie suggestions and – and maybe talk about the pros and cons and you can pick a couple out of those sort of thing. Cool. All right. Well, do we want to go with this midfield while I'm here? Because yeah, I've, let's do it. I've put in Tilly and I've gone Charlie Rowbottom as well after right. um, people seem bullish there. So I'm liking that because I did have uh, I did have brother. Is it the brother? James Rowbottom. Yes, it is. Yeah, it yep. is brother. Right. Had him in my classic side. So um, in my, sorry, in my draft side, which I got a premiership out of. So I might just go with a little bit of family, uh, family yeah, love nice. for that one. So I'll go with those two to begin with. So do you think I should go a premium ahead of Tilly? Um, I mean, if you're, what it will mean is you're only going to be able to afford one or two premiums in your forward or your back line. I'd probably say yes to be safe. Yep. Obviously you can play with it afterwards and, you know, if you don't like how shallow the other lines are, you can sort of mix it up a bit. But I think one of the top uh, four are basically the Uber Premium. So Bowers, the two Adelaide girls, uh, Marinoff and Hatchard, and Riddell. So they all, like, just absolutely dominated last season. Uh, Hatchard is probably the favourite for a lot of people because she has an injured 30 in her average from last year. Right. Um, so she actually averaged about 110, which is the only person that even came close to Bowers. Um, but she also, she's a very much a plus six kind of player and Marinoff is more the tackler. So with the weather, weather I'm leaning towards Marinoff. Um, but yep. I think that one of those four would be a good idea. All right. Well, I'll go Hatchard because I'll take that as my reason that uh, injured 30. So yep. uh, would my last two midfielders be rookies? I think they need to be rookies, yeah. Who are the best two, do you think, on-field ones? On-field, right. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of good rookies, but most of them are inflated. So like with the men's comp, um, the top 18 picks all have like a, a sliding scale of increased price. So uh, basement is 20, uh, 28K and number one pick is 50K. So then I think it drops like 2K or something per pick through to pick 18. So Montana Ham is, I think, the most picked player in the competition at the moment. She was pick one and she's basically a Charlie Robot on 2.0. Um, so she's... Uh, basically as tall as their Ruckman. She's basically the Patrick Cripps of, you know, when Patrick Cripps started, right, she's like just a lot bigger than all the other girls in her draft class. Um, when she played the practice match, she played, she attended every single centre bounce for, so she's for Sydney, right, as an expansion club. So they're expecting her to be their number one yeah. midfielder. Yeah. So yeah. she's currently the most player in the whole competition. Um, if you want to look for a bit of value after that, because, you know, you, you I don't know if you're going to be able to afford to get the top five draft picks as your five rookies. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
just sort of scrolling through because there's there's just so many options. <clears throat> so expansion opportunity, that's probably where it would be where my head would be going for for some of these uh basement or Yeah, again, it's hard to say, right? Like I think that there's a lot more opportunity to play, but also harder to score. Yeah. So uh, someone I'm super keen on for on-field whose basement is uh, Abby Derrick for Port Adelaide. So she's a mature age recruit. Um, she was a very late draft pick, so she's basement priced. Uh, she played really, really well in the preseason game, and I expect her to play round one. And we all love a mature age recruit. We do. Uh, especially in the AFLW where there's so many small bodies. Cool. All right. Well, there's five midfielders picked. Yep. Excellent. Where do you want to go? Defenders? Or do we look at our bench first? We'll do our Let's go defenders. All right. right. So there's two very clear um, premiums in defense. There's really only two. So Slicer and Emikani. Um, Slicer was sort of the talk of preseason. She... Uh, it was kind of a. I actually talked to you a little, talked to you a little yeah. bit about her on Saturday. So she's a Sam Doherty type, gets a lot of intercept marks, really good at reading the play. Unfortunately, Collingwood had their have had their t- best two midfielders both go down with ACLs in the last six months, yeah. and so she's been touted to go into the midfield. Um, she that's played the preseason. Negative. <laughs> well, that's that that's that's the debate. Yeah. I think it's a negative. Um, but people really hot on her for moving in the midfield, but she, um. She suffered a concussion in her preseason game. And I've just realized when I said Bowers suffered a concussion, it was actually Slicer that suffered the concussion. Bowers missed the preseason games with COVID. Right. Sorry, so just fix that up. Um, Bowers actually didn't play the games with COVID. So she's going to play round one, but that was the reason that I was, um, I've was. i gone cold on Bowers was that she had COVID. It was Slicer that had the concussion. Um, yeah. So I, I'm pretty hard on Emma Carney. She's a, I don't know why she's got defender status, but she's one of North's best midfielders. Um, so I think she's probably the better option of the two. Um, but if that concussion doesn't affect Slicer, then she could be a very clear D1. So that's a tough call. Right. Carney's in because I'm going to be seeing a North Melbourne W game here at Utah nice. State. So uh, that will give me something to watch. <laughs> um, and maybe we'll get you in a, a mid-pricer for the back line because um, yep. I don't think we got any in the midfield. So there's a few... Um, Hannah Priest is a St Kilda midfielder, so she's St Kilda's captain, and she basically gets pure midfield time. I don't see a lot of upside for her. Like she played full mid last season um, and, and averaged a sixty-one, and that's what she's priced at. Um, so she's a popular option um, just because she's got those midfield minutes. But unless you see natural progression, I don't think there's much upside there. One I am keen on is Natalie Greider from Brisbane. She's um, slightly cheaper. And she played mostly halfback and wing last season. Um, she had a few CBAs in the preseason games. I don't know if she's going to keep them or not, but if she does, it would be a huge bump for her. She looked amazing in the preseason games. And um, even if she doesn't, like she, I think it's very low risk. She plays for Brisbane, who are one of the top teams. Um, she was all Australian halfback last season. And if she keeps that role, she's still going to be pretty solid. And I mean, if you're looking at least, you can probably see that the defenders drop off very fast. Like she averaged 56 and she's like the sixth highest averaging defender. Mm, right. So a lot of people are loading up on rookies, which is definitely an option. I've seen a lot of teams with um, like a slicer or a Carney and then four rookie defenders. Yep. And then they've gone for the like two Uber primos in the midfield, like Hatchard and Marinoff or something like okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is... A f- I guess where the points are. So yeah. theory there. 
with that because if you were playing draft, would they they'd be the first two you'd pick? Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So we actually, funnily enough, I did a. Um, there's no draft function yet with the FLW Fantasy app, but I did do a, a little draft league with uh, some people on the weekend. Like yep. we just, we sort of made one ourselves. And um, yeah, with pick one was Bowers. I had pick two and I went uh, Marinoff. So, but yeah, it was, it went Bowers, Marinoff, Hatchard, Riddell was a clear top four. And they are the four Uber Primos in the midfield. Yeah. So, yep. All right. Well, I've got Carney and Grider there. Let's go three rookies then. Sounds that good. you think are the better ones. Um, so there's a, yeah, so there's a lot of value with the rookies. Um, so Amber Clark was the Bombers first draft pick. She's oh. might be an option. She's a, she played midfield in the juniors. She's touted to probably play forward early on for the Bombers, but looked really good in the preseason game. She is quite expensive at, 46k. I think she was like pick three. Um, if you want a, a bit of a haircut on that, Mackenzie Erdley or Eardley. Um, she's a, a key defender for Hawthorne, which probably doesn't sound ideal, a key defender who's 18, but um she was like a mini Sam Doherty uh, or a mini Ruby Slicer on the weekend. So on the in the preseason game, she looked really good. Um, so she's actually in my team at the moment. Um Philip Seth is another one for Fremantle. So she She's not a rookie, but she's rookie priced. She was touted like two seasons ago to become Fremantle's third midfielder um, and then missed all of last season with an injury. So she comes in quite discounted um, at like a rookie price. Now, the, a lot of people aren't sure. They have, like We don't know whether she's going to get those CBAs this season or not, but that's kind of one of those ones where if she does, she's a really good pick. And if she doesn't, then you know if she sits in a pocket, it might be a bit of a flop. Uh, I'll go down to a few a bit cheaper if you don't like any of those. Yeah, well, I've I've clicked the three in that you've yep. just said there, but I reckon one of them probably needs to be getting closer to basement, I reckon, just to... Yeah. Uh, ash. Um, the coldest I am on those three is probably Seth. Yep. Um, Bridie Kennedy for Sydney. She's basement price and really popular. Um, she looked quite good in the preseason games. Um, so she's a, a draftee from the draft, like the most recent draft, and she looked really good. She's based on price, and she's expected to play most games just because, obviously, she's with an expansion team. Yeah, yep, yep. Cool. Oh, well, there's five for me, um, uh, which has given me a 49K average per player. So, look at the ruck. We had a bit of a chat about this on the weekend. Yeah. So, what's what's your theory at the minute? Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's that. So, normally with the men's comp, you want set – most people want set forget just because – like if you have something go wrong and you've got rookie rucks, it's so hard to go up to a premium, right? Like there's so few options to trade to. You rarely have cover, things like that. But in this comp, you've got that utility spot. Um, and so I think that provides an extra level of yeah. cover if your rookie rucks fail. There's also with the expansion clubs, uh, I believe all four clubs have named their number one ruck as a draftee. So you've got four basement yeah. rookie rucks. Yeah. Um now there are there are good options in like mid price and top priced rucks, um, but they don't quite score as well as men's rucks do. So, like they don't quite have that around the ground game just yet. Uh, there are a couple there are a couple of rucks that are up and coming that some people have picked, but I've personally gone with a rookie on field. Yep. Who do you think scored the best in the pracky matches? Um, well, we don't get scores, so it's no, all by eye. Watching, yeah, from the yeah. eye. Um, I thought it was Lucy Wales from Hawthorne. Um, or Stephanie Wales from Essendon. I don't know if they're related. 
<laughs> so, but, is are both likely to be the number one then? Um, Essendon's a bit of a question mark. So, there was two rucks in that game. Um, Borg, she got injured in that game and has been put on the long-term injury list. And they actually, I just saw a few hours ago that Essendon signed a replacement player who is another Ruckman. So um, it's, I, I think she will, but I think it's more of a question than than Lucy Wales. Um, for Port Adelaide, there's McGrath. She's, again, another basement Ruck that was taken in the draft. Um, and then there's also Fleur Davies for GWS, who aren't an expansion team, but she's a basement Ruck that... Um, GWS have said will be probably be the number one rock. So okay. it's it's really guessing at this point between those yeah. four. I'll I'll go McGrath and I've just put McGrath on my bench actually, and I'll stick there with Lucy Wales Perfect. as a rock. We can have a bit of a shuffle with that when we know more. It could even be, is there an early game that we might know some more information about? Would that be even Carl the way we play the opening game? Yeah. Um. So they're not really. Um. Yeah, they're and not really. Who's Friday night? Is that? Um... Mm, now you're testing me. Yeah, sorry. No, no, you're right. You're supposed to be my expert, mate. <laughs> I'd never said I was an expert. <laughs> I, I've just played. Certainly no expert. Adelaide, Melbourne on Friday. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, not really, yeah, not really. We're not going to get a, a name named before we sort of are locking None in. of the rookies, no. Um, if you do want to play it safe, my pick of the mid-price rucks, um, just a name to keep in the back of your mind, is probably Celine Moody. Right. Um, so she shared ruck duties last season for the Dogs and had quite low time on ground. I think she had about 60% time on ground. She's expected to be sole ruck. So, yep. you know, think Tim English without Steph Martin. So a lot of people are really keen on her um, for that reason. She also, like she... She had a bit of time off the season before last, and last season was her kind of getting back into it. So a lot of people think she's going to have a big year. Mm. So if you find yourself with extra cash and you're nervous about an on-field ruck um, come lockout, that's maybe someone you can go up to. That, that all looks good to me. All right, let's all right. finish off with the Fords on the field. Then. So got a little bit more cash in the uh, remaining um, balance now because of the rookie ruck. So. Yep. What strategy at the minute? Like, is it to lock in a big dog? Um, most people, yeah. So there's also a lot of rookie, um, forward rookie options. So a lot of people are going with a couple of big dogs and then the three rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself have got two mid prices in there, but I probably, I don't think I can recommend that with much gusto because I'm very nervous about them. They're yeah. very much prospective picks that I just have a feeling will go big this season. Um, so with the premiums, Jazzy Garner is um, like she played just enough to get forward status, but she's one of their best midfielders for North. She will be, in my opinion, by far F1. The concern is she may play forward this season. She's also a very good, another kind of Patrick Cripps type, a really big midfielder that's really good marking forward target. Yeah. Um, so the probably the most popular forward that I've seen is Tyler Hanks for Melbourne. Okay. She's, yep. she's like a, um, she's a pure midfielder. And she looked really good on the weekend. So I'd probably recommend Tyler Hanks. She's like 30K cheaper than Garner yeah. um, and might have a similar output this season. Aaron Phillips is obviously a name that um, people like myself with little knowledge. Um, yeah. Would get tricked, so in. she's, well, tricked into. Is that the right word to well, say? Well, she's in my team. Yeah. Um, so she got traded from – she. so she went from Adelaide to Port Adelaide yeah. because uh, she grew up back in Port Adelaide and I think her dad played for Port Adelaide actually. Um, That's right, yeah. And so – She's there in all captain. Um, she played 
because Hatchard and Marinoff were so good in the midfield, she played a lot forward for Adelaide okay. uh, and kind of pinch it in the middle. But she's yeah. actually one of the best midfielders in the competition. Going to um, need to be. So is, like, is age an issue for her? Yeah. Well, that's the question, isn't it? She's yeah. 37, I believe. She had, yeah. a, she had knee surgery in the off-season. So most people have gone cold for those two reasons. Um, she attended every single centre bounce in their preseason game. Right. So I'm on, but I'm very I nervous like about too. it. <laughs> I, I like it as well. I think um, it's, and this is probably what some of my theory might be, is the expansion clubs, that's where you might find the value. But also, when you've got a gun, they're going to need to be a gun for them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, plus, I mean, I'm probably a little bit biased in that we had Britt Perry from Port Adelaide on the pod, and she was saying that Erin Phillips is um, like she's basically the fittest player at the club, despite the age. She's um, yeah. she's basically the fittest player there, and she's leading every single training from the front. So she's a machine. She's so good. To watch. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, would it be silly to go with both Hanks and Phillips? No, it's not at all. Um, I think Hanks, like I said, I think she's the most popular premium forward uh it's just a matter of whether you've got cash right so i don't know what your remaining average yeah so it's only 32k which is fine if you're going to get uh you've got you could probably afford you've got your rookies will cover a few bench spots and then like basement rookies you could probably afford uh, one more expensive rookie and two basement rookies on field um if my math is right Yep, yep, I reckon. So what basement ones or what? Yeah. The... I, I mean, I think rookie roulette's going to be one of the hardest yeah, things going into uh, round one. Like the rookies are very contentious. I know a lot of people that listening to this will disagree with a lot of my rookie calls. Um, but yeah, so Hannah Ewings for Port Adelaide. Um, I she was She's very highly touted. She was like a pick four or... Maybe she was actually, I think she was three and Essendon one was pick four, but she was one of the top picks. Um, she is expected to play forward for Port, but she was a, a junior midfielder. Um, and she had big, big junior numbers, so she's averaged like 90 or something in the um under 18 championships. So she's, um, I'm not sure whether you'll be able to afford her at 48k, but we can uh, try it because I've got 29.6 left. Oh. So. Perfect. So the rest will be basement. As long as I am basement for the rest of them. All right. Basement. All right. Punch me some names. All right. I'll try and smash through a few. Um, Milford for Carlton. She was a bit of an unknown going to the preseason. She was a tackling machine on the weekend. Um, So I like the look of her. She's listed as a forward. She was kind of a tackling forward in that game. But Carlton or a kind of middle-of-the-road team, so I don't know how much ball they're going to get forward. Mm. Uh, you've got... I'm just scrolling through. Megan Kaufman, she's already been... Conf- for Fremantle, she's already been confirmed as playing. She's actually, I think, the first person to be confirmed as playing for Fremantle on the weekend. So she, <laughs> she's a mature-age um, recruit. She's a junior. She was a midfielder. She played forward pocket uh, in both Fremantle's practice games. She's the yep. only player to kick a goal... She kicked goals in both games, and she's only played for the whole club to kick any goals in both games. She kicked five, I think, over two yeah. weeks, and no one else at the club kicked a goal. Yeah, right. She looks really, really good. She's a full pocket, so that's tough. Yeah. Um, it might be a bench option. I'm not sure. But Fremantle are one of the better teams, so she's also going to have supply. Yeah. So the fact that – so did Frio struggle in, or did they not care in those preseason um, games? Well, they ha- they didn't have Bowers, right? She was out with COVID. Yeah. And they also didn't have Haley Miller, who is their captain and – in my opinion, probably probably the best player in the competition. Yeah. Um, and she, I think, had a bit of a calf complaint. So 
they, <clears throat> yeah, missing the two best players makes it really hard to judge. Like that Philip Seth I mentioned, she was getting CBAs, but they didn't have their best two midfielders. So they actually, they actually got smashed, and yet she still kicked, managed to kick those, yeah. I think, two goals. So. Uh, so I did my bench now because that's locked in there. So I've gone yep. Ewings, Milford, Kaufman. So we've already got McGrath on the bench for the Ruck. So I need a defender, midfielder, and forward, and then we'll uh, work out. Well, I'm on the forward doing. still. So there's a few. Um, Sizzy Getty for Sydney, I think it's pronounced. S-Z-I. Um, so, yep. She's, uh, she's a highly touted junior that is expected to play round one. Um Riley Wilcox for the Dogs. I expect her to line up on the wing for the Dogs on the weekend. So if she's named, she's I'd probably have her ahead of Zagetti. Um, yeah. So maybe one of those two would be good for your forward bench. Okay, cool. I'll go there then. Wilcox. All right, excellent. What about let's go defenders then? All right. Who are we looking at? There, uh, yeah, the basement. Uh there's a few. Mia Bush, I was hot on her early for Essendon, but she she played the practice match, um, but didn't get a lot of the ball, so I went a little bit cold on her, but she had some decent junior numbers and is expected to play round one. Um, and obviously she's a bomber, which probably yep. gives her a boost okay, for you. Yeah. Or okay. Alex Ballard for Port Adelaide, who took in okay. all Port's kick-ins in the preseason oh. game. So she's yeah. a basement player who... I think she's a back pocket, but taking all their kick-ins and Port being an expansion team is yep. something that's got me, got her on my bench. Lock that. Sorry, Mia, even though you are a bomber. <laughs> I'm going to go there with Alex for that one because kick-ins is a key metric. And if disposals are lower um, in our W competition, then yep. each of those is going to be... And important. I'm expecting the ball to be back there a bit for Port. And yeah. the, the overall accuracy of cocking actually is a bit lower in the FLW as yeah. well. Yep. Cool. Right. I need that midfielder now, don't I? So there's probably going to be a few names floating yeah. around. Yeah. Um, if you want a bomber, uh, Barber is a basement rookie who uh, is expected to do good things this season. Uh, cool. I'll go Barber then. All right. That'll be cool. I see one of my mates here, a uh, girl that I, I taught, and she's now did some teacher aid work, actually, in my class this year. Oh, wow. Before. Drafting. Um, that's Madison Brazendale. She's a bit of a skinny winger. I don't reckon she'll be <laughs> playing straight away. Okay. Yeah, she, uh, she's a gun. She has a massive crack. Elite runner. She's very good. So um, yeah, I work with a mum as well, actually. So um, she always she's very good value. A mum and tells tells it like it is. She goes, ah, oh, she can't bloody catch the thing. She's carrying. <laughs> on. So that's one good. thing, one thing that. Um player I probably forgot to mention is Al Roberts. So she's the way the AFLW draft works is a little bit different. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but the, the players nominate a state they'd like to be drafted into. Yeah, yep. And so the quirk that came with that was that um, the four expansion clubs, there was none of them in WA. And so there were two, two girls that were expected to be kind of like equal best um, juniors in the country. And that's Montana ham and Al Roberts. Yep. And Al Roberts nominated for WA which mean nobody could pick her until West Coast's first pick at pick 14. Right. Um, so she went at pick 14, despite the fact that she's arguably the best out of all the draftees and she's available as a forward. So she's about 36K. So if you do want to make a bit of cash, you could potentially go Ewings down to Roberts for that 10K and that can give you just you know something in the bank for when teams are named. Do you know what I've got here? 
What's I that? could get her. She's thirty four seven hundred. My remaining cash is thirty four six hundred. You're bloody kidding me. Well, so. well, what you can do is you can maybe drop Hatchard to someone who's a little bit cheaper or, yeah. or something like that. Um, Tilly Lucas Rod, you know. The, so one player in the midfield I didn't mention who's probably arguably the best mid-pricer in the, in the comp at the moment uh, is Patrikios for St. Kilda. So she was, I think, the third highest averaging player in the comp two seasons ago and then missed all of last season because she wouldn't get vaccinated. So uh, she yeah. was the player that didn't play. And what that means is that she's got a 30% discount on her head. Yep. And so she's down to 100K. And a lot of people are expecting her to have a similar output to some of those other premiums. So that's a spot you could take a haircut on um, a Lucas Rod. And that would probably save you about 50K, which is a lot. Yeah, that's and, and there's every chance that she scores the same as Lucas Rod, you know, like a 90 to 100 kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there are some, obviously some people are worried that with a year out of the game, that she might take a few games to get back into it. Um, but in the preseason game, she attended every center bounce. So that was enough for me. Yep. So I've now, yeah. So the utility bench? Yeah. So you, that utility bench. Can be like, and that can be anyone. Is there a better position to look at? Or well, I mean, you would expect like the midfielders midfield like, just because yeah, the midfielders yeah. score more, but it's not necessarily that those listed midfield will play midfield, right? So you yeah. just you want someone who's going to be playing midfield that's basement. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, there's just so many options, right? It could be any of the basement players I've talked about. Yep, yep. So, right. So maybe where I am looking then is. In fact, I couldn't afford her before. Ella Roberts can go in there, and that might shuffle to a forward, on-field forward spot. Yeah, and put one of the basement forwards um, on into the utility spot and get yeah. Roberts on-field maybe. So do I actually, so I have to click. Uh, so probably uh, someone like Kaufman. Yep. Um, yep. Might be, you know, if you want Roberts on-field, you could maybe throw Kaufman as a utility spot. Yep. Done and then actually I've got seventy k left, so it might maybe... not, it might be worth holding on to it. I don't know. Like, yeah, and shuffle around and so... wait until teams are named. And because I mean that's what I do in the men's comp is I I like to have a bit of cash left over and wait till teams are named. And if there's some sort of a curveball, I don't have to panic and reshuffle my whole team. I can yep. just upgrade whoever it is that isn't named up to whoever I want. Right. Well, I'm going to lock that then. So I've got forty one k left um, with the team. Who's your captain and oh. vice-captain? Right. So I've just clicked save. So I've gone on here. So I assume I'll just go with Hatchard as my captain to start Great with. Cap- great captain. The most expensive. Yep. Um, definitely. And then maybe Carney. Who was your M2? Uh, so that would be Charlie Rowbottom. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't grab Patricia. Who did you, um, who did you oh, trade oh, Lucas Rod down to? Uh, sorry. Patricia. Yeah. So maybe there. Yeah, Julie. probably. I don't, yeah, I mean, that's tough. Even uh, Hanks or Carney, they're all good options. Hopefully you don't need to even worry about a vice-captain, though. That's the thing. Well, yeah, exactly, because there's no loophole. Um, I've, I haven't had to use a VC yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with that extra cash, I imagine you probably, like someone like Robottom could go up to an extra premium, right? Yeah. So yeah. you might be able to get Lucas Rod um, instead of Robottom, and that could be your VC. Or even an Emily Bates or someone like that, who's the uh, won the league BNF last season. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Right, that's a good call. Right, 
Excellent. All right. Well, I'm going to have a bit of a shuffle with this over the next uh, 24 hours or so leading mm. up to that first lockout and ah, should be a bit of fun. All right. That was good really, fun. Really, I reckon I've taken up enough one. of your time, Morning. Well, I'll go on. Well, the worst thing is now that I've done this, I probably won't get to sleep like I need to because I'll be shuffling around and having a bit of fun and seeing what happens with this side now. Maybe wait until five o'clock tomorrow. Just don't hop on until then. And then you've got the Thursday teams announced and then you can have a bit of a play where there's some green dots on the screen. Good call. Good call. Mm. And lock in, lock in anyone that is nice and cheap, I think. That's probably one of those things. But hopefully there's no Relton Roberts in that. Yeah, well, that's the problem, right? It's so hard with the 24 hours before each game. It's um, like last season, I because there's no real knockout, I brought in a player that played their first game the previous in round nine. Um, I brought them in as my downgrade target in round 10 yep. on field. Um, and it was a Sunday game and she was omitted on Saturday afternoon. And so I had a donut. Um, by round 10, I had no playing bench players and I was just doing sideways trades and I yep. traded in a donut. So... Awesome. Oh, well, right. we're set and uh, we'll be tuning in each week to see what the right moves are to make. Yeah, well, moves to make. Maybe right, maybe not. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Morning. I appreciate it, mate. No worries. Thank you Have for all one. that you're doing. And we're uh, loving the content. You've had some great stuff and looking forward to the season. And nice work putting up that prize for round one. Hopefully the Warn Dogs can take it out. <laughs> I don't know. With the rabble I just gave you, maybe not. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Thanks, mate. Thank you. All right. Well, it's just me now. But a uh, huge thanks to Warney and Selves for, for doing that. That was awesome. Um, for those who are regular listeners, you probably noticed there's no Bainey today. He was unavailable. Um, so if you're wondering why this episode's so much better than all the others, that's probably why. <laughs> but uh, he'll be he'll be back next week. Um, we've also got a, our next week's guest locked in. It'll be Josh Porter, runner-up from last season, which should be awesome. He'll jump on with us and we'll do a bit of a round review. Uh, for those that are familiar with what we did last season, we obviously have a, a different guest on each week, uh, just someone from within the fantasy community to have a chat with us and go through the review and have a bit of fun. Um, so if we do have a cu- the first couple of weeks locked in, but if anyone is interested in jumping on, having a bit of a, a yarn with us, just uh, reach out. And you certainly don't need to be an expert. Um, if you've heard the stuff Bainey puts out there, you'll know the bar's set pretty low for what we require. Um End on that. Um, Bainey will be leaving the pod halfway through the season. So for personal reasons, so I am looking for another co-host. So if anyone feels like they might be interested, feel free to reach out and we'll see what we can do. Um, And finally, I am thinking about doing a a bit of a spaces chat on Friday. So we obviously only do the podcast on Mondays. We do a round review and then a bit of a preview at the same time. Um, But with, you know, teams coming out, day by day, it's kind of hard to do like a Thursday team pod because you're only going to have one team at a time. So what I'm thinking is I might do a like a five o'clock spaces chat on Twitter um, if there's enough interest. So if three or four people turn up, maybe not. But uh, if there is enough interest, just let me know if you think it's something you might be interested in and maybe that's something I'll do. And if there's not, then I won't. But thanks everyone for tuning in and make sure you get around Selby's, uh, Selby and Warney for everything they've done and try and get on that magic up and support the platform as best you can. See you all later.